Father, we humble ourselves before You. We ask for Your forgiveness on behalf of this country since 1973, allowing the shedding of innocent blood, 63 plus million babies in that time. It is unimaginable, it is unthinkable that it's gone uh, for this long. Father, we repent as a country. We pray that you have mercy on us, that you forgive us for all of our sins. We pray that you lift this curse that we brought upon ourselves through this sin. We pray that you forgive America and heal America. As we turn from our wicked ways, we seek your face, Lord. Shine your light upon us. Protect us in the days and the months and the years ahead. Things could get difficult, but Lord, we, we know that you're the one behind uh, this historic move. And we are reminded that you're a God who still hears the prayers of your righteous remnant. Thank you for moving in an undeniable way. Only you could have done this, Lord. So we give you all the praise and glory. You're a God of life. Thank you. We praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, let's start with Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice and holding fast to Him. For He is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that, that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. The nation of Israel, God was giving them a choice. Death or life. Life or death. Uh, a life of blessing, a life of curse. And, and we have a choice individually, we have a choice as a country. Uh, I was born in 1974, so as longer than I have lived, this country has been under a curse. Uh, there's no other way to explain it based on God's word. We've been cursed um, because of our position uh, um, about abortion. And Satan, he is, a, he is a master deceiver. It is something so obvious that we're talking about murdering the blood of an innocent baby in the womb. And somehow he has changed the conversation. He said it is... Uh, reproductive rights, it is freedom, 
And as soon as we bought into that lie as a country, uh, and uh, even people in the body of Christ defending that as, uh, uh, well, these rare cases, wouldn't you, wouldn't, don't you think even God will allow it? Uh, it, is, it is unfathomable that as a country that even Christians would support this horrific murder of 63-plus million babies. And we have been cursed uh, since that moment. But may God start lifting the curse in Jesus' name. Even the debate about when life begins. Uh, science has its explanation. Philosophers have their explanation. Let's go to God and say, see what God says in His Word. Psalm 139. Verse 13. For you formed my inner inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. Did you catch that it says in verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Even before you had a heartbeat, when you were just an undefined uh, series of cells, uh, God saw you. And God was weaving you together. And you were, there was personhood already in the womb. And God is the one who is knitting together. Uh, so the debate is settled according to God's word. There's no, we don't have to listen to the scientists and the philosophers and the politicians. God is clear in his word. Even the unformed body, it was you. God saw you. He put your name in a book. And everything that you would do, all your destiny, it was written out in a book. And Satan, as a master deceiver, he wanted to snuff you out. But by God's grace, we're here. We're all born by God's grace uh, in 2022. We witnessed a mighty, mighty move of God. I didn't think it was possible. I'm sure all of us, we, we wondered, is this day ever going to come in our lifetime? But it has come. We are in... We're living in historic times. God is still on the move. Death, life, blessing, and curse. We always have a choice. We have a choice to live a life of blessing. A life that, as God intended, a life of fulfilling your destiny. Uh, there's also a life of curse. And with the curse is the shadow of death. And I think this country, there's been a shadow of death. Uh, the whole abortion industry is a, is a cloud. It is money-making. It is satanic. It is pagan rituals. It is so much. And, and it is so sanitized. It is so acceptable. It is uh, even, uh, it is cleaned up clinics that you can go to and sign some papers. And the whole thing is, is this... Uh, Almost you forget what, what, we're, what, we're, ask, what we're actually doing. And, and there's even lines of my body, my choice. That's true. It is your body. It is your choice. 
but it is not your right to take away somebody else's life. That is somebody else's body. And so even the language, Satan is a master deceiver. And may the light of the truth start shining uh, uh, in this country and in the minds especially of the people of God. In John 1 verse 4, this is the New Testament version of Deuteronomy chapter 30. It was a choice of death, life and death, blessing and curse. And Moses is urging the people, choose life. And we may wonder, well, is it just abortion versus, uh, um, is it uh, pro-life? Is that politics? Is it just human life that we're talking about? It goes all the way to Jesus Christ in John 1 verse 4. Because in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. As a Christian who knows Jesus, we, are, we, we have eternal life. We have life. And that life is the light of men. We see things so clearly. People who don't know Jesus... Uh, people who are maybe just churchgoers even, they are still in darkness. And so something as plain as murdering a baby is not so plain because they are still in darkness. So many things that are so obvious to the believer who knows Jesus, who has life and light, it is not obvious to to other religious folk and atheists and agnostics uh, because they are still in darkness. There is no life in them. In John 1, verse 9, it says, that was, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. And just because you go to church doesn't mean you have this life. Uh, if, you, if you think about John chapter 3, when Nicodemus, who is the, the, the pinnacle of the religious of the religious, he is a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he is a ruler and, and yet he sees Jesus doing these signs. And so that is somehow doesn't fit in his box because all he has are uh, Old Testament uh, principles and teachings and Jesus is doing miracles and signs. And so he, he knows that this, this man must be from God and he just is, is out of humility, out of confusion, out of uh, at least some... Um, uh, just out of curiosity even, he is going to Jesus at night in John chapter 3. And it says in verse 18, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Those who, don't know, who do not know Jesus, uh, they, they don't have life, they don't have light, they are in darkness, and why do they choose to stay in darkness? It says here in John chapter 3, it's because they love it. They love the darkness. As, as Christians, we cannot love darkness. We must love the light. And light means I, I come out into the open. 
I am, I am honest. I am a person of integrity. I have no skeletons in my closet. I am confessing my sins. Nothing is hidden. Everything I am exposing and even the good things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm showing to everybody. There's no ulterior motive. I don't want your money. I don't want fame. I am doing it because God asked me to do it. I am a person who is, who is a servant of the Lord. I have no ulterior motive. It is not for selfish ambition, vain conceit. That is somebody who is in the light. But because people love darkness, that is why they don't meet Jesus. That is why they never confess their sins. They love the darkness. Why are even people in the church defending the blood, the, the abortions and the murder of the innocents? It's because they love the darkness. Because there is a comfort. There's probably things that they're doing that they're ashamed of. And so they are just... Everything is just covered. They just cover everything up and say, who are you to judge? You can't judge me. I can't judge this person. And there's no absolute standard because they don't want to be judged. They love the darkness. But if you know God, if you come to Jesus, who is God, who has the source of life, the author and perfecter of our faith, and you come clean, you say, here I am. I, I come, I confess my sins and you have a standard. I want, to, I want to live by your standard. I want to be holy and righteous. I don't want to sin anymore. I want to, I want to be pleasing in your sight. I, I want to be holy because without holiness, I will not see you. Because you are holy. You live in unapproachable light. I want to get close to you. And so I want to confess all my sins, all my hidden motives. I bring it to you. And such a person is somebody who loves the light. People who are confused about something as obvious as murdering a baby in the womb, it's because they love the darkness. Nicodemus was the, a respectable man. He had his life together on the surface. He, he was a ruler. He, was, he, was, he was, had, had a good reputation. And yet still, he needed Jesus. And in John chapter 4, it is a woman who is the complete opposite of the socioeconomic spectrum. She does not have her life together. Her life is a mess. Uh, she is not cleaned up. She has had multiple husbands. And now she is living with someone who is not even, uh, she didn't even go through the marriage ceremony. Because what's the point? Because I've already gone through all of these failed marriages. And so she is in a desperate state. And her life is in chaos. And Jesus comes to her also. It says in John 4 verse 17, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you, you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And they continue to, to discuss. And, and they speak about the Messiah. And Jesus ends the conversation with, I am He. And look at her reaction in verse 28. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to Him. When you meet Jesus, it is not a fearful thing that He knows everything about you. It is to set you free. If you are a religious person, 
if you're just a churchgoer, if you love the darkness, you rarely come to the light. You never want to look shameful. You never want to uh, tell somebody, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? There's never light. There's never exposure. There's never confession. Because you want to maintain an image like Nicodemus. You want, you want to be respectable. You want to project an image. But look at this woman. She is showing us the posture of somebody who loves the light. Jesus exposes everything about her. And she is not ashamed. She goes to her, the entire city and says, I've met a man who knows everything I've ever done. How free she is. That is somebody who is learning to love the light. John chapter 8, verse 37. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father and you do not, but you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. But why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Jesus is speaking to Pharisees, and so the, the modern-day, contemporary, relevant example is a churchgoer. Somebody who professes to be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus says, you have a different father. Your father is not capital F, Heavenly Father. It is lowercase f, Father, the devil. He is a father of lies. And I am calling you out. And if you humble yourself, maybe you could be saved. But because you are stubborn, because you want to kill me, because you, want to, you don't want to hear the truth, you don't want to come to the light, you are angry and there's murder in your heart. That's why you will die in your sins. It is their choice. It is always our choice. When Jesus comes to us, he is, he is the light. He is life. It is always a choice to humbly say, Lord, here I am. You see me? Why, am I, why do I pretend and hide? I, I, don't have to, uh, I don't have to be that way with you. You see everything anyway. You saw me even when I was in my mother's womb, this unformed substance. You saw me back then, decades ago. You see everything in my heart. You see the greed. You see the lust. You see the anger. You see the bitterness. You see everything. Why don't I just come clean? 
It is a choice to humble yourself. You can humble yourself or you can respond like these Pharisees, these respectable churchgoers who get angry at Jesus and say, how dare you? And they want to kill the truth. And just go on with the ritual and and the fiction of being a believer of God. And their father, Jesus says, although they claim that Abraham is their father, although they claim that God is their heavenly father, Jesus sees right into their heart and says, your father is the devil. Because there's murder there. If you can defend the murder of a child in a womb, it is hard to defend and say that my heavenly father is my father. Because Satan, lowercase f father, is a father who lies, who loves to murder, steal, kill, and destroy. And even in God's church, as we look at the Pharisees as a modern day example of a churchgoer, There are people in God's church. This is not politics. This is not Democrat versus Republican. This is just black and white. God is clear in his word. He saw your unformed body, the unformed substance. He was knitting you together. And Christians, even in God's church, say that's acceptable. It is the woman's free choice. It is murder and the father of lies has deceived them. To say it is okay to murder a baby in the womb. And I want to end with John chapter 10. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but he will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There's always two choices in life. It is blessing or curse, death or life, Jesus or Satan. The true shepherd, the false shepherd. And and if you and if you know Jesus, he is the author of life. He is a source of light, the light of the world. You come to him, you come to him clean. He knows everything about you anyway. You come to him clean and you lay yourself bare before him. You cast all of your sins at his feet and you plead the blood of Jesus. It's the most freeing thing that you can do. It's not condemnation. It's not beating you over the head. It's not a guilt trip. He is setting you free. 
by just allowing you to come forward. He knows it anyway. It's like Adam and Eve, as soon as they sinned, what did they do? They hid. God already knew they sinned. God already knew everything about them and they think this little fig tree and just hiding behind a rock, God can't see them. God sees everything. So just come to the light. Come to the light. He wants to give you life and life more abundantly in this day and for the rest of your days. It is not just a promise for eternal life. It is abundance in this life. Come to Jesus. And perhaps we are experiencing less than, than abundant life. Could it be that a thief has come in? He's stolen things from you. That he's come in. He's deceived you. He's, he's, he had, he's formed a residence in you, a stronghold, because of a legal right due to your sin. Perhaps you've been, things have been stolen from you. And he is killing you slowly. Because if you know Jesus and you, st- and you hold on to him, you choose him, blessing or curse, life or death, you hold on to Him, then the promise is there should be abundance. If there's not abundance, let's ask for the Holy Spirit to start revealing the areas of darkness, of depression, of discouragement, of deceit, where Satan, uh, the false shepherd, has come in. He, he has made a home in our heart, in our minds, and he is robbing us from the abundant life that Jesus promises in His Word. Okay, let's pray. Father, we ask that You forgive us. loving darkness too much for loving the chains that bind us we care more about our image before man and how we are perceived than coming to to the light for life, for abundant life for freedom to repent of our sins is not condemnation it is to set us free the truth shall set us free. Jesus, you are the one. Your life, your blessing, we choose you this day. We hold on to Jesus. We put our absolute faith in Jesus. We thank you for becoming a curse for us on the cross. Thank you for shedding your own blood, for being condemned on our behalf. And in exchange, we accept eternal life, life abundant from this day forward. We choose each day to humble ourselves to come into the light. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would blow over us in this time, reveal areas of darkness, of deceit, areas in which we've, through our sins, we've given legal rights for Satan and demons to to create strongholds in our mind, in our hearts, to rob us, to steal from us. We ask, O Lord Jesus, that you would take ownership of us, your sheep again, that you would rule and reign in us, that you would lead us to green pastures, not only individually, not only as a church, but as a country. Lift the curse, Lord. 
Thank you for lifting the curse off of this country. We pray that you lead us to green pastures, that you begin healing this land of America. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to uh, come forward and receive prayer, please uh, feel free to do so. Thank you.